Several years ago, I was driving. It was late at night. I don't really remember what I was doing, um, but I passed a billboard. Um, it was for a local church, and it was a prayer hotline, and you could call it at any point in the day, and someone would pick that line up, and they would pray with you. And as I'm driving, I'm, like, I'm kind of bored, so my mind just starts thinking. I'm like, man, if it's like 3 in the morning, and I make that phone call, I'm probably waking someone up, but someone's going to wake up, uh, and they're going to pray with me. Um, man, that must be exhausting. Which then kind of led my mind to ask a question. I was like, have I ever been exhausted by prayer? Like, I've been exhausted in ministry before. Like, I've, I've done this for a long time, and there's, there's times in certain areas of ministry where you're just literally doing stuff all day long. Like, if you've ever been on a mission trip before, you know that is an all-day experience, and especially if you're in leadership on that, it is all day. You can be woken up at any hour of the day. Uh, I have worked the entire day and been woken up by somebody at 3 o'clock in the morning um, who was out of their mind on something, and I had to spring back into ministry action. Like, I was exhausted those days, and I, I thought through all these different scenarios when it comes to ministry, something that's important and good, and it's like, yeah, I can think of times where I've been exhausted, but have I ever been exhausted by prayer? Like, have I ever sat down and prayed so much that I went, I'm tired? And the honest answer was no. And, and, and it was kind of convicting to me of, hey, we have this opportunity. We, we know that we can go to God in prayer. And we get exhausted and tired by a lot of things, but I, I just don't know many times that we can say, hey, I have, been, I have prayed so much that I'm tired. And as Jesus walks through the Sermon on the Mount, we said last week, he kind of pivots a little bit, and he says, he's going to talk about a couple different areas. He, he talked about when you give last week. He's going to talk about when you pray this week and next week. He's going to talk about when you fast. He kind of says, hey, there are some expectations in our life, and prayer is one of them. And we're actually going to devote two weeks to prayer because there's just so much going on in it that we've really got to try and talk through it. But when it comes to prayer, um, before we even get to the text that we're going to look at today, I, want to, I just want to ask you the question, what is prayer? Like, we, we feel like we could probably give a definition for it, but it's, it's not as easy to define as other things. Like, if you were to ask the question, what is faith? You can go to Hebrews 11. Faith is the assurance of things unseen, or the uh, assurance of uh, what's hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. Like, it's a pretty straightforward definition. Uh, when it comes to prayer, it's, it's a little different. It's kind of different to define because, okay, if you look across the world, other religions pray. Is, is that what we're talking about today? No, it's, it's not. Um, there are people that, you know, offer up prayers that are, are far from God. Like, is, is that what we're talking about? No, because we're talking about prayer within it being for believers. Um, and it can just be confusing at times, right? Like, sometimes you've got people that love to pray, and then other times, if I ask somebody to walk up here just out of the crowd on Sunday morning, if it's a normal Sunday, if I just point at one of you and say, hey, come up here and pray, you'd be like, mm, no, no, that's, that's, a little, that's a little weird. Like, it can be confusing for someone who's early on in their faith of, okay, I've, I need to learn how to pray and how to do that in the, in the proper way. It can be confusing for people who are well into ministry. Earlier this week, I was reading a story about two early evangelists in America. It was a guy named George Whitefield and John Wesley. Now, if you know anything about these two, like they are like these major, major characters in American pastors. Um, they were evangelists. They were teachers. They were very, very well known. 
they were also b- wired very differently when it came to theology. Um, Whitefield was very much a Calvinist. He was a very evangelistic Calvinist, if you're familiar with that terminology. And, and John Wesley was very much what's known as an Arminianist. And uh, the way they view the sovereignty of God and salvation, like who's all involved in that, is very, very different. But these guys kind of put that aside, like put some theological things aside. And they were going out and they were preaching. And they were preaching and evangelizing people together. Um, and they were staying together at this boarding house. And one night, they'd been out preaching the gospel all day, and they, they get to their room, and they're tired, and they just, they just want to go to bed. But they're going to pray before they do it. Well, the story goes that George Whitefield gets down and, and prays, God, you know that we preach the gospel today, and I pray that you will be with every person, and you will call those people to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. That's a, that's a Calvinist prayer, and he was ready for bed. And uh, John Wesley looks at him and says, oh, George, is, is that what you're Calvinism brings you? Um, George pretty much said yes and got in bed and slept like a Calvinist. Well, John Wesley wasn't even through the introduction of his prayer, and so he's praying there fervently, and uh, Whitefield had uh, fallen asleep. We woke up two hours later, and he noticed, man, John Wesley is still over there on his knees praying. This, this is two hours into it, and uh, he's like, man, that's, that's pretty convicting, and so he kind of got up, and he, he was going to say something to him. He noticed, he's like, you're not praying. He'd fallen asleep. Um, and he kind of shakes him a little bit, and John Wesley comes to, and George goes, hey, is, is that what your Arminianism gets you? Like, could, prayer could be confusing even for, like, people that have been in ministry for a long time. And so I want to try and define it. Um, and here's, here's our, the working definition for prayer that we're going to walk with today. It's this, intentionally conveying a message to God. Intentionally conveying a message to God. Now, I don't want to try and overcomplicate this because even this week, like what I would have normally given as my definition of prayer, I've kind of changed it a little bit. Um, and here's why. I'm not, I'm not knocking on any of these, but I do want us to think through prayer a little bit this morning because a lot of times we'd say, okay, it's, it's, it's talking to God. And is prayer talking to God? Yes, but it's, it's more than just that. And here's, here's why. When I read Romans 8, it talks about there's times where you don't even know what to pray and the Holy Spirit, through groanings and things like that, convey that message. And so it's more than just talking because sometimes we don't even have words. Like you know those moments where you, you are confronted with a situation. You're confronted with something happening in your life, with something going on outside of your life, and you don't even know what to say. Like I, I didn't really know how to pray through a pandemic like several months ago. Like I've, I've kind of gotten accustomed to it now, but you know, early on it was like, God, I don't... I don't know what's going on. I got to meet with people and tell them, hey, we, we can't meet physically in church for a little while. Like, I don't, I don't even know the words to pray within that because I don't want to pray that. And yet the Spirit kind of prompts us in that. So it's, it's more than just talking to God. It's con- intentionally conveying a message. Now, earlier this week, I would have probably told people, hey, prayer is communicating with God. And here's the, the, the weird thing within that. In, in some ways, yes, but I want to explain communication a little bit. And here's where, once I kind of looked into this, I was, I was kind of mad at myself because I spent several years as a communication major in college. I've taken a lot of classes on communicating, whether that's speaking publicly or writing, all of these different things. Like, I enjoyed that time, and I remember sitting in a class that a lot of you probably sat in at some point, your basic public speaking 101. 
Um, most people hate that class with a passion. I was kind of okay with it. Um, but in that, our working definition of communication was one person sending a message out through what's called noise. So there's all these things get, that can be distracting and whatnot, but that message is sent out to a recipient. That recipient hears the message, analyzes it, and then sends a response, again, back through noise, through all these things that can be distracting to the original person, and that's communication. It, it goes this way, then it comes back this way. Here's the problem with saying that prayer is communicating to God. Yes, in some ways we are communicating to God because we know that he responds. But prayer only goes one way. At, at no point in Scripture does it ever say that God prays to us. And that's where we have to be really, really careful, Right? Like, it's not him praying to us. God is sovereign. He's in control. He prays to nothing because he is God and he is holy. Our prayer is what goes to God. What comes back, and therefore it's not communication anymore, that's what we would call revelation, uh, illumination. Like, we know that God sends an answer, but that answer is not God praying to us. It's God responding in a way with revelation of could be yes, could be no, could be wait, all those things we talk about. And yes, we hear from him, but that's not God praying to us. So I, I, I've, I've found myself this week being kind of intentional, saying, okay, it's, it's not communication. It's, it's intentionally conveying a message to God. It's intentionally conveying a message to God because we convey messages to God all day long that we probably don't want to do intentionally. Like we convey messages with our actions, with our thoughts, with our life. We convey the message that at times, I don't have time for you, God. I am so busy with all of these other things going on in my life, with so much happening that I just don't have time for you. We wouldn't probably say that verbally, but our actions oftentimes convey that message. That's not a message we probably intentionally want to convey. We convey a message at times that, hey, God, I really, really want you in this part of my life, but I want to hold on to this one on my own. Again, we probably don't verbalize that, but in our actions, we convey that, hey, God, I am more than happy for you to come in and bless my finances, but I want to hold on to how I manage those with my own hand. I really want you to walk in, and I want you to, I want you to do something with my family. I want, you to, I want you to change hearts. I want you to change lives, but I want you to do it amongst those people because I've already got this all figured out. Like We, we convey that message to God sometimes that, hey, over here, I like you. Over here, I want to hold on to it myself. Then we don't probably want to intentionally convey that message. But prayer is something we intentionally convey to God. It's a message to him. And that message can take on the form of a number of different things. Like I've, I've talked about this before. We, we, we talked about praying the, the ACTS model, A-C-T-S. Um, some of these messages that we intentionally convey could be adoration. Man, God, you are God. You are bigger than all. You are holy. You are righteous. Uh, you know, all the things we even sang about already this morning. Our God is a lion. God, you are amazing. You are so amazing that I want to praise you for that. And so it's this adoration of who God is and what he's doing. Um, it could be an intentional message of conviction, um, of confession. Uh, and so that's where we go, God, look, I, you already know it, but I messed up this week. I messed up today. I messed up a moment ago. And, and I want to confess that to you. I want to repent of that. Uh, I want to ask your forgiveness. And so we confess our sin to God. 
Um, and we intentionally do that. We don't try and hide it like it's already there, like God knows it. And so we are intentional in conveying that message of God, forgive me. Uh, it could be thanksgiving. God, thank you for all the things that you're doing and intentionally saying thank you. And I know it's nuts right now. It's crazy, and hopefully we get back to normal soon. But, man, even in a time like this, there is still so much to be thankful for. Man, when I go home and I see my family, God, thank you for the way that you've blessed me with them. God, thank you for the way that you've, you've kind of watched over us from a health standpoint. God, thank you for the way that you've made it possible that I can still come to work. Like, there is so much to be thankful for. God, thank you that even though it's different, people are able to hear the gospel across the globe right now thanks to technology thank you for placing this in a day and age where that's possible and we intentionally convey the message of thank you thank you for what you are doing and then it could be intentionally conveying the message of supplication where you're asking on behalf of yourself or other people god do this like we make our requests and what we call supplications known to god and there's nothing wrong with that like, if you've got stuff happening right now, what better place to take it than prayer? God, help me with this. Like, d- change something in my life. God, I'm not feeling well. God, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling lonely. God, help me with that. And we make those requests known to him, and we pray for others. God, we know, man, I've got friends that are struggling with things right now, and they're hurting, and it's not, it's not good for their life. God, do something. Move in their life. Show me a way that I can, can be a blessing to them, that I can help them. God, give me the words to say. Give me the actions. Put me in the right situation. And we, we make those requests known to God. We intentionally convey those messages. Prayer is direct access to our Creator. Prayer encompasses all who God is. It's, it's three in one. Like when we pray, it's addressed to God the Father. It's in the name of Jesus Christ. And it's through the grace of the Holy Spirit. Like prayer is this beautiful gift that we have where a lot of times you feel like, man, all I, can, I wish I could do something, but all I can do is pray. That's, that's not the attitude to have. Like it's not the, the last line. It's like the first thing that we should do. Because you're invited to speak with the creator of the universe. Like, what a more amazing gift outside of like salvation where we can have a relationship with him, but you can, you, could, you could go to God and you can convey a message. Like, we live in a world now where you can kind of convey messages to people that you think are cool. Like, thanks to something like Twitter or Facebook. Like, I have a, I have a Twitter response from an actor. I'm not going to share who it is. It's just one that I thought was really cool. I randomly sent a message one time and got a response. And I thought that was pretty awesome. Like, I still have it saved. And I sent it to a bunch of my friends. I'm like, he responded to me, but not you. That was probably a prideful moment. But it's, we think it's really cool when we can go to someone that's a celebrity or famous or whatever it is in your world, and they might actually speak to us. We think that's so cool. And we forget the fact that we can go to the creator of the universe, the one who spoke it into existence, the one who knows every single atom and molecule and looks at those and says, that's mine. And we can go to him and you can make your request known. You can praise him for who he is. You can confess your sin to him. Like prayer is this beautiful, beautiful gift that we have been given by God. But we also know that there can be a right way and a wrong way to do it. 
That's why last week when he was talking about giving, Jesus kind of had to address that because even within prayer, um, the way people prayed in Jesus' time, we can fall into the same temptation that they did. And so Jesus is going to explain that. And he's going to explain it in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look in verse 5. And really today we're going to see kind of, this is how not to pray. Next week, I'm really looking forward to showing you how to pray because we're just going to walk through what's called the Lord's Prayer. Um, But this week, we're going to kind of address a couple of things that will hopefully prepare us for that. And so in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5, Jesus says this, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And so as he goes into this, kind of like last week, I I want us to definitely not miss this. It's how he words it. And when you pray, like the full expectation of Jesus, as he's kind of walking through, we said he kind of pivoted a little bit, and he's, he's going to address three different issues of giving and fasting and prayer. The expectation within each of those is we are, we are called to do this. Now, sometimes we go, okay, that person's a prayer warrior. Man, they pray all the time. But, like, look, we're all called to be prayer warriors. We're all called to pray. We're all called to convey an intentional message to God. And so I don't want us to miss out on that. Jesus says, and when you pray, it's the expectation. And as that's the expectation, we know that sometimes, as we saw last week, hey, you can have the wrong motive in some of these things. And so Jesus is going to give two examples that we'll look at this morning. And the first one's this. He kind of gives this example of praying in a synagogue on the street. And what I would take away from that is prayer is about intimacy, not pride. Prayer is this intimate thing that we get to do with God. It's not about puffing ourselves up or being prideful. And so as Jesus kind of addresses how not to pray, he gives a few examples. He says, hey, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Now, as Jesus said this, most of the people listening would really know what he's talking about. It's a little different for us because most of you have never been to a synagogue before. Um, And if you've seen someone praying on the street, sometimes it's kind of crazy prayers. Um, So let me explain what that is. And in the synagogues and the the places of worship for Jewish people, um, each week when they met, there would be someone that would do a corporate prayer. We do kind of a public reading of Scripture. Someone would do their weekly prayer. And during that time, it really became a way to show how prayerful you were, um, how smart you were, um, the language that you could use. And what had happened was it had really become this area of pride. And, man, these people would craft these prayers and wordsmith them to be excellent and, you know, liturgical and eloquent and very like, almost like a Greek orator back in the day. And then they would get up and they would pray. And man, there were times where people would go, look, look how smart this guy is. Man, why didn't I pray something like that? And that, so the following week, the person's trying to up the person from the week before. And they've, they've spent the entire week trying to craft this prayer. And they haven't thought about God within it. Like, that it's not about praying to the creator. It's about, look how intelligent I am. 
And so this is what he's saying. Don't, don't be like that. Those people have already got their reward. Their reward is coming from human acknowledgement, and that's not what we're chasing after. And then he gives the example of, hey, someone praying in the street. Like, I've, I've seen people praying in the street. I've been that person before. Uh, one of the greatest days in ministry I've ever had, I got to go to Times Square in New York City. And we did street evangelism, which was amazing. And I remember, like, praying with people and, and getting to, to, to share the gospel and watch people fall in love with Jesus. That was really cool. It was like, is praying on the street wrong? No. But in Christ's day, they would pray throughout the day certain times. They would sound a trumpet. And if you wanted to look really holy, um, as you're walking down the street, you would hear that trumpet, and you would turn and you would face the prayer wall of the temple. Uh, part of it's still there today. If you've ever seen like Orthodox Jews praying in front of this wall, that wall was there in Jesus' day. In AD 70, Rome knocked the thing down, but there's a portion of it still there. And if you really wanted to be holy and show, I love God, you would turn and face that wall and you would just begin praying out loud in the street. Man, people would look at those people and go, man, look how pious they are. Look how holy they are. And those people would have their reward. And this is what Jesus is saying. Hey, it's not, prayer cannot be a prideful thing where you elevate yourself above other people. He says, no, when you pray, go to your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, some might go, okay, Jesus just said we shouldn't pray publicly. Like we should uh, only do it in the homes. No, that's, that's not what he's getting at because we know that Jesus prayed publicly. We know that the early church had moments of prayer in public. Like, that's, that's not what he's getting at. What, what Jesus is really getting at is, I think he's asking us a question, or I think he's making us ask a question. When I go to whatever that kind of secret place of prayer is for me, like for me here at the church, like I, I pray in my office a good bit, and I'm, I, I try and be intentional about it, um, I'll get up and I'll sit on the couch and that's where I kind of do my prayer time. And there's nobody in there. And that's, that's my prayer in quiet. And for you, like, I've known people that have just kind of had their own personal space. Some people literally making a place at their home, making a place outside. One of, one of the guys that, that was just a huge Christian in my life growing up, he had like a, this, this stump like this tree that had been cut down. And he would go out there because it was in private and he could just kind of get away from the world and that's where he would pray. The question is this, when you find yourself in one of those places, do your prayers sound the same as when you pray in public? Because how you answer that question really defines the intimacy versus the pride issue. If your prayers in private sound like they do in public, then you've probably got it right. But if your prayers in private don't sound as grandiose and thought through as when you're standing in front of a crowd, that's what Jesus is getting at. Because just like in Jesus' day, there was that temptation. We still have that today. Yeah, I, I told our leadership this morning, like, be, be praying for me because I'm going to be a part of a corporate prayer thing later this week. And, like, I want to have been unbelievably convicted about that this week of I want my prayer in front of people to sound like my prayer when I'm not in front of people. Because we, you, you can be invited to pray at a meal. You can be invited to pray at an invocation or a party or something like that. Fight against the temptation for that prayer to be about you. Make sure that you're still intentionally conveying a message to God in those moments. Um, because if they don't, it's become a pride issue. Like, we should long for the time. Like, it's, it's neat to be able to pray in public, but we should long for the times, as Jesus says, to be able to go into prayer in secret. 
Like, do we have a desire for that? Do we, do we look forward to those moments of, I get to pray. Like, I get to go before the Creator and make my request known. Like, do we get excited about that? Do we look forward to that? Like, this is one of those days and ages where, like, we have been stuck in our homes so much, you know what it is to look forward to something. Like, right now, like, when I get off in the afternoons, I go home and I, I take my kids usually to the gym here at the church, and I, a couple things happen in that. I know my wife looks forward to that quiet moment where the two crazies are, are out of the house for a little bit. My boys look forward to that moment where they can just run around unapologetically and get energy out. Like, even tonight, like, there's nothing new on TV for sports. And so the Michael Jordan documentary, like I look forward, like I, I pencil in time on Sunday night where I know I get to watch that. Like we look forward to certain things. Like have you ever looked at prayer and said, I am longing for that. Like I look forward to a time where it's not in front of people. It's not about me. It's this intimate moment that I get with God where I can pray and spend time with him, and then await for that revelation, and that, that uh, intentional illumination, the answers that he's going to give me. Do I, do I look forward to that intimate time with him? Because that's what it looks like to do it well. The opposite is if it's about a pride thing, and you being in front of someone and going, I can pray better than this other person, Jesus goes, you've already had your reward. And then he gives one other example. He gives the example of wordage. He says, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows that what you, or your father knows what you need before you ask him. When you pray, speak your mind. Like, just speak your mind and, and do it well. Jesus gives the example of the Gentiles. The Gentiles as part of their prayer, these were people who were outside of Christ, their relationship with Christ at the time. He's referring to kind of the secular world that wasn't Jewish. They had a pantheon of gods, and so they would offer up prayers to, to Jupiter and to Mars and all these different deities, little g, um, and then they would just pray over and over and over again because they thought, if I word it enough, if I pray to enough gods, and I pray long enough, maybe I'll be so annoying that the God will answer my prayer in the way that I want him to. And Jesus goes, look, this is not about how long can I pray. It's not about using cliche phrases. And man, we have a lot of those, uh, you know, just in, in the world of Christianity, there's certain phrases that we, sometimes we try and work into a prayer. And it's, it's not about that. It's just about speaking your mind. Um, this is not about repetition and just all of that kind of stuff. Um, our prayers shouldn't have lunch turn into dinner, is how I saw one person word it, which I've been a part of that before. Years ago, I um, was in ministry and go to lunch. It was a Wednesday. We'd always go to Chick-fil-A on Wednesdays. And uh, look, if there's a place that you don't have to pray a long prayer, it's Chick-fil-A. That's already been blessed. It's God's chicken. Um, but we sit down, and a friend of mine starts to pray. And man, it is like this high, holy prayer. And he is praying, and he is praying, and my chicken's getting cold, and several minutes into it, I just went, amen, and started eating. And, like, everyone just kind of looks up, and they're like, did you just amen his prayer? I was like, yes, I did. Like, we, could get, we can get on with this. we got to get back to work, too. Um, lunch shouldn't turn into dinner. But there's times where we feel like, man, if I, just, if I just keep going on, and I'm repeating myself at this point, and I don't even know what I'm saying. Like, no, God already knows what you need. So speak your mind. Just say it. Um, when you say it. Say it with honesty. 
Again, God already knows the needs of your heart. Sometimes you can have a really honest prayer with God where you can be mad at a situation. It's okay. He already knows that. So I would say, say it honestly. Uh, Say it in humility. Again, this is not about pride. Say it in humility. And say it and then listen. Sometimes we forget about that. Like we, we make all these prayer requests, but then we don't take the time to listen to what God is going to reveal to us in those moments. And so with that, I want to invite us to do something over the next several weeks. I want us to pray together. As a church, as South Point body, I'm inviting you to pray with us leading up to the 24th. We really look forward to that day. We look forward to being back together. We know it's going to be a little different, but at least we'll be able to see people. Um, the crowd's pretty sparse right now. <laughs> but I want to invite you to pray with us. And so we're going to put a link on Facebook. Um, it's basically 21 days of prayer. And intentionally, each day, we can come together as a church and intentionally convey a message to God. So there's going to be times where we're praying for our community. There's going to be times where we're going to be praying for, for certain aspects of like strength. There's going to be times where we're, we're praying for what it looks like when we open and the people that will be here but we get the opportunity to pray together. And so I want to invite you to join us in that. Maybe that's from an individual standpoint. You just mark out and put on your calendar, maybe on your phone, a reminder, hey, at 2 o'clock, I'm going to pray for this. Maybe that's you coming together as a family and saying, hey, we're all going to sit down together, and maybe I'm going to pray for it tonight, and somebody else can pray tomorrow's, and we just make this a, a really special time. This is an invitation for us to come together And as a church, intentionally convey a message to God. And so I really invite you to be a part of that. Um, Like I said, you'll see that in the comments. We're also going to put it up on Facebook. We'll put it in all sorts of places. We'll email it out. Um, But I want to invite South Point to come together and pray together. And so with that in mind, let's pray, and we'll continue to worship. God, we love you. God, my prayer right now, God, a message that I want to very intentionally convey is if there's someone that's listening right now and they've really struggled with just where they're at with you, maybe they've tried doing life on their own and it just keeps coming up short. God, maybe they've just never heard the full gospel that, that you created the earth and then mankind sinned and that separated us from you. But in your grace, in the perfect moment, you sent your son Jesus Christ, who lived a sinless life so that he could be the sacrifice for our sin and then laid his life down, was, was killed on a cross, three days later rose from the dead, or rose from death, defeating it in sin, and made salvation possible. So God, my prayer this morning is if someone doesn't know that right now, They would say, I, I acknowledge, I know that I'm a sinner. I want to turn away from that. And I want to follow Christ. God, I can't think of a more intentional prayer this morning. And if that's you, I, I'm asking that you would fill out a connect card. Let us know. We want to walk with you through that. And God, as we continue to worship, God, I pray that We would just be a prayer-filled people. 
not just over the next couple of weeks as we get ready to meet back together, but God, we would just be a church that has a heart to convey messages to you. Let those be really sweet, intimate times. We ask all of that in Christ's name. Amen.